pleased to be joined with Brian Morey in our special guest for our latest edition of the Patriots Past podcast. He is Patriots Hall of Famer Kevin Falk. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So uh, besides being the door opener today, which is a very important honor and everything like that, I think Patriot fans first and foremost would want to know, tell me what you're up to these days. Well, right now I'm at LSU um, and I'm the director of player development, helping out a little bit with the running backs, but back at home. LSU, hmm, pretty good start. Uh, we going, we got to a good start right now. Um, like I keep trying to tell the guys, the more and more you win at this time of year, the more and more you win at this time of year, those games start to be a lot more important. Has the, has, has the Heisman hype for your quarterback started in full earnest? Um, it has started for other people, but not for him. Um, he's a football guy. Um, he's a preparation guy. The reason for his, his success is his pre- preparation and how he prepares for games and understand what he's up against. So I think as we begin this, uh, Brian, one of the things is we're talking a little bit about LSU, that Kevin's back home. Um, way back when, Kevin, uh, another LSU running back uh, was drafted to come to New England. Did you even know where New England was on the map as a country kid from uh, way down south in <laughs> LSU? Well, before I got drafted, I came actually on a visit before then. But before then, Which I, I did. have a story about, by the way. So, <laughs> so go ahead. I did not know where it was at first, just like anyone else that didn't know. When you're in New England, you're thinking overseas, um, which is crazy <laughs> once you think about it. Like, you're not going overseas to play NFL football. But at the same time, you think about that, that that one thought, that quick second that you think on, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's in Boston. It's Massachusetts. So I got a quick story, Matt, about this. So Mike Reese and I were working for Patriots Football Weekly together at right. the time. That's when it used to be good. That's right. So, <laughs> so um, we're sitting in Pete Carroll's office in the off season for our monthly meeting with him for the coach's corner. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and one of the coaches comes in with Kevin. And Pete gets out of the chair, comes over, says hi to him. Mike and I don't know who it is. And Pete sits back down. And he goes, "That's embarrassing, by the way, Kevin. Don't you think?" Well, no, he has. If he, if he walked in with a number three jersey on, I would have known who it is. The, the end of the story is better. Trust okay, me. Right, so, right. so, so Pete, so Pete sits back down. And he goes like this to us: "You guys know who that is?" And both of us went, "No." And he goes, "Come on, man, get your head out of the books. That's Kevin Falk." I like it. And yeah, he was giving us a hard time about it. So I always remembered that. Thirteen like years later. Um, <laughs> Wait, but what do you remember about your first conversation with Pete Carroll? Was he the one who called you when you were drafted? Yes, he was the one that called me. you remember anything about that? Uh, yes, I do remember a lot because I was upset and pissed. Um, because beforehand, it was told to me that I was going to be drafted in the first round. Um, with one of the two picks that they had, and it didn't happen. And I was upset. And then when the second round came, it was, they called, it was like, hey, we're going to take you in the second pick. I mean, the second round pick. I'm like, okay, cool. But it was kind of like, but you told me I, you was going to do this, and you didn't do that. So it started out kind of rocky, but um, like they say, let the story be written. <laughs> so, Kevin, hindsight's a great thing. You know, with the, with the passage of time, um, everybody can be perfect and answer different questions because they know what the outcome is. Right. If you look back on it, and I know you're a young player at the time, um, and there was still there was a lot of kids that, um, or a lot of players that played for Coach Parcells at that time that had been in the Super Bowl. But if you look back at the Pete years as a team, do you think you guys let Pete down? My first year, yes, I, I really do believe because the beginning of the season we was outstanding, and 
for me as a rookie coming in, it was like, wow, this is what the league is? Oh, it's going to be easy. It's going to be real easy. Then the second half of the season come. And I guess for me, that was a learning experience for me that you can start out one way, but you got to finish. And for me, that year was kind of like that. So, so what do you think happened? Because you guys got off to the 6-2 and two start. One of those losses was a, a missed game-winning field goal in Kansas City that Adam hit the upright. And the other one was a one-point loss against Miami. So you guys were 6-2 and two at the break going into your bye week. And then the wheels fell off. What happened? There was a lot of different things that happened. Um, situational football, um, us not playing well. Um, you can point the fingers at a lot of different things that happened the second half of that season. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you want to understand going forward. And going forward, we got rid of a coach, but we got another coach. So was that, again, you're a young kid, only a couple years in the league at the time, and here comes Bill Belichick. I have to imagine that that's a pretty big difference just culturally between <laughs> Pete, especially where Pete was in his career, and Bill at that time. What was it like for you as a player when that switch happened? Still young. It's my second year in the league. So my emotions is based off of veterans' emotions, the veteran guys that I cling to my first year. And when Bill comes in, it's, it's a shock because the older guys – they wanted that. They were asking for that coach that that gave discipline, that that paid attention to discipline, that paid attention to those little things. But when Bill got there, it was like, whoa, do we really want this? And you heard that from a lot of guys, a lot of older guys. But then you start understanding and you start as practice in the year going on, you start to see, okay, hmm. he has an idea, he has a plan. But we were good that first year we were okay we had a lot of talent but we weren't good but you started to see it start this the the frame started to make up of our team and how, who we were so when a new coach comes in historically they want to bring their own people in and if you're part of the old regime you might as well be gone um he didn't have to keep you you know you were one of pete's guys did that concern you and what did you need to do to make sure that you won over bill's trust at that point in time definitely concerned me Definitely. I'm a young kid. Don't know anything about me. So I have to, you know, be noticeable. Um, how is that? I don't know. You don't know as a player. But that year, we drafted J.R. Redman, Patrick Pass. So running back, you're like, wow. We drafted two running backs. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but work my butt off like I normally do. And when we get close to the season to start training camp, um, Patrick Pass has an injury and he can't practice. J.R. Redmond didn't practice the conditioning test. Or it was vice versa. One of the two. However it happened, they didn't practice. Well, I was the only running back for like a week and a half, two weeks, practicing f for the offense and for scout team. Now, I didn't do every last rep, but I did most of the reps. And from that standpoint, I think I gained a lot of trust in Bill and the coaching staff at that time. Because I never complained. I never said anything. I just went about my business and did it. Was it a chance for you to show your versatility? At the time, I was young, so I really didn't know. I was just playing. But did you think when you came—so you were, you were the guy at LSU. When you came into the NFL, 
Was it hard to accept a different role? And was doing that maybe part of what would endear you to a guy like Bill Belichick? Definitely. Definitely was. Um, as, as the training camp started to go on and we was getting to the latter parts of training camp, Bill called me in and was like, hey, we're going to make you our third down back. And first thing in my mind, try not to show it when he's talking to me. I'm like, wow. You want to be the guy. You want to be that guy that's the every down guy that puts forth the effort and everybody knows. But you don't know that. I didn't know that it can make your career longer in a sense. And when I go back to my agent, I call my agent and like, hey, man, look, they just want me to be the third down back. Man, look, let's try to find a way to get me out of here. Like, okay, cool. Well, the year went on, the year went on. My, the third year, my third year went on, and we're going to the Super Bowl. And it's like, hey, man, you ain't talked to nobody? No teams or nothing like that? And in the Super Bowl game plan, the game plan was supposed to be for me to kind of be like Marshall Falk. And I was supposed to line up out the backfield, line up in the backfield, do all kind of stuff like Marshall Falk. <clears throat> well, some things happened. Got in the game and I messed up on one play. Everything that was supposed to be was out the window after that. A young player. I didn't I, I didn't understand it. So after the game, we won the game. Calling my agent, hey, I want to get up out of here. I need to get up out of here. And we all know the rest of the story. After you won the Super Bowl, you still wanted to leave. Right. Right. Why? Because you wanted to be the guy? Emotions. Okay. Emotions. And yes, wanted to be the guy. Not understanding. But, you know, when you trust in God, God, God shows you. He shows you. Would you say maturity as well? Definitely. Definitely. So it, when that, it, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. Okay. Like here's a guy that just won the Super Bowl in your third year, you know, and you're right. You didn't, uh, I mean, wasn't there a huge play by the way, leading into the patent touchdown going into the half. Didn't Kevin get it down like inside the 10. Do you remember the play, Kevin? Yes. Huge, huge play on that game. But here they are. The team is on the top of the world. And Kevin Flock, Patriots Hall of Famer, goes after the first Super Bowl. I want I, this isn't good enough for me. Imagine how things have turned around. Can you believe that? How things turned around? Now I can. I'm older. I'm a uh, so, so Kev, when you look back at that, and now when you're working with young players at LSU, do you share that story in the sense that hey, be patient, bide your time, don't get emotional all the lessons you may have learned. Definitely. Definitely share every lesson that I've learned because that's what the kids want to hear. That's what they want to know. They they want to know your bad stories. They don't want to know your good stories because they see it. They understand it already. But they want to know your bad stories and how you came up out, came up out of your bad stories. I'll tell you what, Brian, and, and help me on this, okay? So Kevin says that Bill Belichick calls him in his office and says, we want you to be a, your, our third down back, which is to Kevin a bad word. I don't want to hear that. I was a guy and everything like that. Who's the best NFL third down back in history? When you think of third down backs, I'm just telling you when you do it, Kevin Fox's name's got to be in the conversation. So as at a time when Bill Belichick tells Kevin Fox and Kevin Fox going, oh, man, are you kidding me? Third down back? Kevin, do you again, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, Name me a better third down back, dependability, longevity, and everything like that. Big games, big moments. Big plays. Big plays. 
than Kevin Falk. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of guys that I, I looked up to playing um, in that role. And I'm not saying just as the running back role because there's so many Hall of Fame running backs that I watched from Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, a, a bunch of them. But when it comes to that third down role, David Meggett. David Meggett. Yeah. Eric Metcalf. Sure. Yeah. I who played for Bill. Two guys I, who played for Bill. I, I rem- yeah, exactly. Right? I remember right. those guys. And it ain't no secret. It ain't like a, a gimme that I was like, Bill came here and I'm here. You know, I believe in God. I trust in God. And for me watching Dave Meggett and Eric Metcalf and for me to be coached by Bill for 12 years, that's something that had to be. And I couldn't tell you the amount of snaps you took in 2002, but I know they came out throwing the ball around the yard in 2002. Like it was a big surprise to everybody how the offense came out at the start of that season. Right. So you must have been playing a lot because we're shotgun, throwing the ball around. You're on the field every down. The crazy thing is I was the third down back, but third down back didn't mean, necessarily mean you was only going in on third downs. I didn't understand that when I was first told that. I did not understand that. But as times went on, I understood and got a, okay, got an idea of what, what that meant. And it really meant a whole lot to me because – that was a special guy to be able to go in. You are, he's labeled you. I'm labeled as a third down back, but I'm not going in just on third down. Right. When you came into the league, when you started in the league, Kevin, is it fair to say that you had a ball security issue when you first came into the league? Yes. Yes, definitely. So, so what did you do? Because if that continues, you don't have a career in the I NFL. don't play here. Right. After my second or third year, I'm not here no more. So what was it that you did to make sure that that was never going to be an issue? Because, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, once that once that stopped, you're talking about maybe one of the most sure-handed guys that ever played here. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what did you do? All-purpose yards leader in Patriots history. Right. So what did you do? If you go back and you look at my career from the first year to the second year and a little bit of the third year, you would catch the ball in my right hand. If you go back later in my career, there was hardly any time you would catch the ball in my right hand. Um, whenever Corey Dillon came, um, I talked to him, had a talk with him, and he was like, man, I never carry the ball in my right hand. I keep the ball in my left. And you go back and watch film of him, and you're like, damn, he doesn't carry the ball in his right hand. That's because he was too secure with his left. I'm a right-handed guy. My left hand, I had more confidence in me having the ball in my left hand than my right. So if you go back and look at any film from 2004 on, the ball going to be in Kevin Falk's left hand. Why? Well, what's the difference? I don't know. It, it, I felt more comfortable. I felt more secure with the ball in my left hand. I figured just like what? a... Right. Was that coaching at all, Kevin? Or was that something that you figured out maybe with Corey's help or? Corey. Really? Wow. Corey, he's like, hey, man, I, I have a lot of confidence in my left hand. And I never take it out. Hmm. Interesting. So you go back and start watching film on yourself and you see, well, hold up. Left is a lot. Right is looser. Hmm. Let's try this. Interesting. Is that maybe because you're so you're more casual because it's your right hand that you're dominant hand? Uh, Did Ivan or Bill talk to you about it? No, they fears? just told me to fix it. To fix it. Um, and I think it was more so, it was a lot more looser in the right. But in the left, you could see that trying to be here, like trying to be tight. There, there weren't going to be a lot of plays where you see me here. But in the, 
when the ball was in the right hand, it was a lot here all the time. So when you were drafted, um, you came in and the big gunslinger quarterback was Drew Bledsoe. Obviously, we know what happened. The kid comes, takes over. You guys win a Super Bowl. And then through the years, Tom became Tom. Was there a moment, Kevin, as you're playing with him where you sort of said, you know what? I think this kid's got it. Do you remember anything like that? It wasn't a moment, but there were certain situations that you knew that he was the guy. When you get in a huddle as a young quarterback trying to control veteran guys on the offense in the huddle, that's when you see it. You know, guys can say, oh, this guy, this, that. But when you get in the huddle and you're a first, second-year player and you got guys that played eight years, ten years, nine years, and they're listening to you, that's when you know. But it was all when he gained confidence in himself, understanding that they are listening to what he is saying. So you guys go 0-2 to start that year. His first start is a win against the Colts. Right. Then you go to Miami, and you lose 30-10 to in a game that wasn't that close. Got their right. ass kicked. He, Jason actually, Taylor. Taylor strip sack in right. the end zone, touchdown. I remember Troy Brown telling me the story of that week Brady stood up in the team meeting and ripped the team. And Troy's, Troy's reaction to it was, I'm looking at this kid who's just started two games in the league, and I can either go tell him to pound sand or I can listen. Yes. And I listened. Did you listen, Kevin? Yes, definitely. I'm, and young, why? I'm young too. Yeah, True. but why? But why did they listen? Quarterback. As a, fo- as a football player, your quarterback is your guy. He's a leader of your team, no matter what has happened. But what people people feel to realize, it had been a, a game since Drew had got hurt. So we had to let the younger guy know, you have our confidence. As a team, you have our confidence. Because if we don't acknowledge that he has our confidence, this can go south. But fast forward then to the week Drew comes back healthy. What was the locker room like? We all say that, you know, Drew did the the right thing and took the high road, and I get that. But when Bill makes the decision to stick with Tom after the loss to the Rams, what is the locker room like? Was it split? What what was it like down there? It wasn't split at all. Guys understood. Guys knew. Crazy thing is, I think Drew knew. It's one of those things that you understand that you have to abide by. It's a cardinal rule that is never talked about as far as the quarterback position. When you got one, Carolina's going through it right now. Absolutely. Carolina's going through it right now. It's a cardinal rule that you don't talk about. But if your guy is comfortable, you don't take him out of there. I'm sorry because now it affects your team. You're not affecting one guy. You're affecting your team. It's it's unbelievable. All the hue and uh, all the angst and everything like that that happened. And, you know, you can look back at now and said, I guess that was probably the right choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was the right choice. <laughs> you you, you talk- know what? I don't think it gets talked about enough. Yeah. I you, think it's Bill's finest moment. Yeah, you might be right. Kevin, you talked about confidence, okay? And um, having confidence in a young kid. But through the years, 
and this is a story that is, you know, we're talking about it today in 2019. How did you gain Tom's confidence? Because he had a tremendous amount of confidence in you. If he needed eight yards on third down, you'd get him 10. You know, you'd move the sticks. You were dependable. That doesn't come just by showing up one day. How did you develop that trust in him? First with off, him? First off, uh, belief. Believing that he can get the job done. And I think that's what everybody on the team, that's answering that last question too. Just believing in him. Um, another thing for me and him, I understood everything that he understood. I understood every check that he was going to make. I knew when he was going to make a alert to change the play. Um, people say, how? You're a running back. How you knew that? I played quarterback in high school, so I had to survey the whole field. So that helped me out throughout college, throughout NFL. And then to get with a quarterback like him, and I had to understand everything he understood. He had to understand that just elevated my game more. So, so on that note, a couple things here. You had to learn how to pass protect. How difficult is that coming out of college where you're running the ball all the time? You're not staying in pass protection. A very underrated aspect of his Patriots Absolutely. Hall of Fame career. I'm not saying difficult. They just remember the touchdowns and everything. I mean, this he put his nose in. He's not on the field if he's not protected Correct. Tom Brady. Correct. Bingo. I'm not saying difficult. I'm just saying a mindset. Um, when you're in high school or college, you're asked to block. You're asked to pass protect. But a lot of times you're cutting somebody. You're not hitting them in the face. You're not standing them there and smacking them. Well, here you can't cut block everyone. Everybody is athletic here. So you have to hit guys in the face. And when I first got here, the guys I had to block were Willie McGinnis, <laughs> uh, Ted Johnson, Teddy Bruschi, Chris Slade. Guys is like, you would look at them and you would look at me like, you're not winning that battle. Well, for a while, I didn't win that battle until I had to understand and figure out, you know, what to do and how to block those guys. And it was all about determination and how to block them. Once I figured out how to block, it was nothing after that because I never done it. And that's what a lot of kids that's coming from the college level right now, they don't know technique. One of the things I tell guys right now at the college level is it ain't about Technique all the time. It's just the will to understand that you can do it. And you get in that one block and you're like, oh, I got this. And it and it happens. It happens in a game or it happens in practice. And you'll see it. And you'll understand when it happens. Um, when Charlie Weiss put in direct snap Kevin Falk, <laughs> did your eyes light up when you saw that when you first practiced that the first time? And did they did they ever stop that play, direct snap to Falk, do you think? They haven't stepped I don't the know what to, to White either. I don't, Never. What, what people fail to realize is this play is practice every week of every season. It may not be ran every week of every season, but it is practice every week mm -hmm. of every season just to make sure that, you know, we may run, we, we may run it. Well, the, so get, the timing of it is such that you better practice it every week, right? Well, it's just like a lot of the other trick plays that we had. We practice them a lot. Right. Well, it's funny because in the Atlanta Super Bowl, when White motioned into the backfield on the two-point conversion. I called it. I went like this. I went <laughs> did like you? This. I, yes. I did too. I went to my buddy because he was a little closer to Brady. Right. I, right, I was, right. My, my seat was in that end zone. 
So when I saw where he was aligned, I go, this is a direct snap. And I write to him. <laughs> and Katie Hodel from, from Kager, yeah. she turns around and looks at me. But, I mean, it's, it's a tough play because not only is it it's practicing the timing, but it's also screws up the timing of the defense a little yes. bit. Absolutely. Changes the blocking angles yes. a little bit. Yes, so, it does. Kevin, we're talking about, you know, direct snaps and James White and third down backs and everything. You get a chance to watch that kid play. He's a worthy um, – uh, it's not contender because I don't want to say that. What's the word that I'm looking for here, Brian? But he's um, – he Successor. He's a worthy successor in that role, isn't he? Oh, definitely. Kevin? definitely. And the crazy thing about James is I watched James before he got to the league. I, I, I watched college football, and I, I thought James was an outstanding running back. Not just a third down back. I thought he was an outstanding running back. And for him to come to that role and do what he's doing right now is magnificent. And then when they put him in to run the ball, it's like, it's nothing. He's going to do what he has to do. But look at the lineage, though. I mean, think about it, Brian, okay? Um, maybe it started with Megat, you know, in, yeah. in 96. Started okay? with those guys. Okay. And then Kevin well, Falk. Megat when he was with the Giants. No, 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 right, right. right. Yeah. And then and then Falk. And then Shane Vereen was a pretty good third yes. down back here. Yes. Won a Super Bowl with Shane Vereen. James White. I mean, think about that. With this franchise, Deion your Lewis place is pretty good. Yeah, it's an important position for a kid who thought, who's who, who maybe didn't think, oh, this isn't what I want my career to be. There's a lot of people who can maybe follow in your footsteps and say, hey, look at what Kevin Falk did. If I can stay on the field this way, I can make a living in this game, right? That's exactly what I thought for a while. Not for a while, but at certain point when it was like, you can be a third down back. Man, I'm not gonna make a living doing this. And sure enough, my agent came and tell me, hey, bro. You trust in God, right? I'm like, yes, sir. You say, you never know. This might be God just showing you a way. But you also, I remember talking to you when you came out. I did a feature story with you. And you talked about kind of being a, a, a wide receiver in a running back body. You were able to take advantage of that. Because you not only were you good in pass protection and a space runner, but you were a good receiver as well. I mean, I still remember that one-handed grab down the sideline in Chicago. That's the catch I remember as your best Greatest catch. Greatest catch of his career. So so you had to embrace that part of the game and learn that with Brady as well. Well, the thing about that is I always, when I was younger, wanted to be a receiver. So in the yard, I would be at home by myself throwing balls, throwing whatever I had at the time as a football, throwing it up in the air and just catching it, making different catches, making different movements to catch the ball so back then I, I i wanted to be a receiver because i want i was a dallas cowboys fan i i love tony hill i loved you know the receiver for the cowboys at the time drew pearson exactly Butch johnson yeah yeah um i'm sorry new orleans Saints fans <laughs> <laughs> so final question for me here kevin um we sit here and talk about you know you getting into a crossroads at your career i want you to be a third down back and you fast forward 12 years nfl career you know, and that's a Patriots Hall of Fame career. When you look at the other people who are in the club's Hall of Fame, do you almost have to pinch yourself, you know, and to say, not that you don't, you know, that, wow, I can't believe I'm here with all these great people. What a career I had here in New England. I always have to pinch myself. Just because of the guys I've played with here in New England that could have actually been in the Patriots Hall of Fame if they just would have played longer. You know, I got lucky. And I tell my agent, he's like, you know, you blessed. I got lucky. I agree with your agent. <laughs> I agree with your agent. I got lucky, and I pl I had the opportunity to play this long with the team for whatever reason or not. But I did my job. 
and I tried to do it well. And so that, that was the job. Right. So, Brian, whose idea was it for for what? The jersey. Oh, yeah. The, the 12 jersey on draft day. Oh, I got a call. <laughs> I was in uh, Chicago that day, and I got a call the draft morning. And they were like, hey, man, it would be cool if you would wear a Tom Brady jersey at the draft. And it was like, okay. Call from us? Yes. Oh, okay. Of course. It was like, okay. I don't have a Tom Brady jersey on me right now. And it was like, don't worry. It'll be there. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Why not? And the whole process was like getting it on before, right before I go on stage. So we're in the green room back there just talking. They got a, a bunch of former guys there, Hall of Fame was there, and we're talking. And we're just sitting down at the table talking. And I pulled the jersey out of a bag. And I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of who exactly it was that was like, what you doing with that? I'm like, uh, I'm about to put that on, put it on underneath my uh, jacket and wear it out there. He's like, what? Is he going <laughs> to let you out there? And I was like, I don't know, but we'll see. And right before I went on, I put it on, put the jacket on, I'm walking over. And I, right before I'm about to walk on stage, uh, Roger Goodell is there and he walks. I turn, I turn to the side a little bit so he can't see. But then Troy Vincent is right there. And Troy Vincent is like, oh, I love it. And whenever he said, I love it, it was like. Yeah. Meanwhile, Troy Vincent's a guy who's trying to keep him on the sidelines. Right. And everything. I love it. Sure. Right. I, I, right, right. Troy. Right. right. Tell me another one. But um, how about four months later? During your induction ceremonies, that was a pretty cool moment, wasn't it? Wow. Were you blown away? That definitely, definitely. When you get arguably the best quarterback of all time to come out wearing your jersey. And I think that's the only induction ceremony he's come to. I agree. Right. What that so, what does that tell you, Kevin? A lot. A lot. But we also talk me and him. <laughs> so I know, you know, like what I mean to him and what he mean to me. Right. So at the time it was it's it's awesome, but I know what we mean to each other. That's great. Before we let you go, I need you to share a story that you've told me in the past about when you were young, you'd walk in the building, and you would try to avoid Bill Belichick. Not avoid Bill. <laughs> I'm a Louisiana guy. So we talk to, I don't care if you're a stranger. I'm going to tell you good morning. How are you doing? You know, having a good day. Southern hospitality. Yes, yeah, Southern hospitality. Well, for a while, and I, I exaggerate a little bit, and I say like two years, but it might have been seven, eight months, but it extended the story a little bit. <laughs> but every morning, you walk in, good morning, coach, and you wouldn't get nothing, nothing. And after a while, good morning, coach. Oh, good morning, Kev. No, no, no. Stop, 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 coach. What's going on, Kev? Coach, do you realize that this is the first time that you've told me good morning? Nah, I'm like, coach, really? It's the first time in, like, however many months that you told me good morning. But it wasn't until you became a captain that you got to know him. Right. 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 Um, you, you don't get to sit down one-on-one with Bill often. And I understood that later on in my career. Because one-on-one with Bill, you got him. You got him. He's soft. But when he got all the guys in the meeting room, that's his platform. That's where he performs. That's how he gets you. That's how he draws you in. 
So one-on-one, you got him. What does that mean, you got him? I'm not going to say soft, but he's going to listen. When we in a team room, that's his platform. And when you sit down one-on-one with him, you got the floor a little bit. His name is Kevin Flock, Patriots Hall of Famer. All Patriot fans should root for LSU. Bingo. And their continued success uh, in college football. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Oh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Kevin. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.